The True Crime Society podcast contains adult themes and violence and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. I'm sorry if I sound weird right now. I've had like a big fiasco, which I'll get into shortly, but it's just going to be for the little intro, like the very start of this. The rest of the podcast we recorded with my real microphone. So if I sound crappy right now, it'll only be for this little very start and the rest will be fine. (sighs) Also, if you don't want to hear us a little chat, for 10 minutes, there's a timestamp in the episode notes. You could fast forward all this, go right to the story. So please do that instead of <laughs> complaining or leaving us a rude review. <laughs> um, so I guess my microphone, my recording situation right now, I was on vacation, as I mentioned last week. And of course, I brought my computer, which I didn't even need because I got all my work done before I even left. But I was like, God forbid, like some catastrophe happened with the podcast. And I need my computer. So I brought it and I left it there in North Carolina because <laughs> he and Mike miscommunicated. I asked if he put everything in the car and he said yes, but I guess he didn't realize that there was another bag. And of course, that was the bag with my computer in it. So the most important bag. <laughs> yeah. So right now I'm recording this on my cell phone. So that is the quality problem. But I, I couldn't. I had to get it done for everyone. So here we are. Yeah. Life happens. Sometimes these things happen. You've just got to roll with it. <sighs> yeah. So hopefully when I edit, it doesn't sound too bad, but whatever. It's only a couple minutes. Better than me telling everyone too bad in a podcast. Bye. <laughs> no intro. Just, just, yeah. Some people might be happy about that. <laughs> I know, but we didn't have anything done there. Um, yeah. So what's, what's up with you? Nothing pretty quiet here. The kids are now on <clears throat> winter break, which is nice not having to rush places every day, but it's raining today, but I've got to work anyway after this. So um, yeah, not too much going on, but something funny happened to me last week. I hosted book club at my house on Friday night, um, which I like you, you usually host once every two years or 18 months or something because there's so many people in the book club. Anyway, so the day before I went to our local supermarket to get supplies like groceries you know dips all that stuff anyway I got back and on my true crime TCS Olivia Instagram someone had sent a message saying excuse me were you just at the shops and I was like (laughs) oh my god (laughs) I can't believe it and like I was looking a mess (laughs) it was Thursday night I'd had enough I'd been at work all day I was like oh my god could not believe it she goes I thought it was you but I didn't want to say anything I was like oh my goodness (laughs) and the day everyone recognizes me I'll like feel so honored and special, but I'd also fucking die inside. <laughs> I was like, God, now, because like when I, if I'm like literally just ducking out to get, you know, bread or whatever, I just look a mess all the time. <laughs> so yeah. God, I'm like, God, I have to be more wary now, maybe. <laughs> That's so funny. I told her I was going to tell this story on the podcast too. She thought that was funny. So, <laughs> yeah, I hope that no one. Well, no, if someone recognized me, say hi, because I'll be like, oh, my God, that's so cool. But I'll also be like, oh, my God, they probably thought it was so weird because 
on here i get imposter syndrome all the time where people are like oh my god i'm such a fan like this is so cool and people are like i'm like how do you even know like i feel like we're not really out there much publicly like we have our instagrams but that's about it that's it just blew my mind i'm like wow that's crazy yeah like even whenever we get an email asking us to do things or anything because they're like oh we saw your podcast like we what like when we did the news nation interview and things like that i'm always like me a dumb idiot like do you know who i am (laughs) not that not that smart not that cool (laughs) yeah other than that not too much happening just my daughter's got her birthday party this weekend i'm taking eight kids to the movies to see elemental which is what she really was desperate to do so that's an easy birthday party for me (laughs) don't have to do anything nice yeah what about you how was your holiday it was good um I threw up the second day I was there because I overdrank. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I drank too much. I was just excited and I was drinking a lot of different cocktails and then I realized I hadn't really eaten anything. I started feeling like a little spinny, so I just made myself throw up and I was like, good, this is a good way enough. to start the trip. <laughs> um, but it was fun. I went to the beach. We couldn't swim a ton because there was really bad riptides all week because of there's something called the king tide happening where it floods really bad over there with the full moon. So every day there was probably over 50 riptide rescues. Someone even died. Yeah, I did um, see that. I saw I was reading in Alabama. Apparently it's really bad too. Like, I don't know if that's the same phenomenon down there, but yeah, like 20 people getting getting rescued in one day and stuff like that. It's crazy. Yeah. One, one of the days there was over 100 around oh my there. Gosh. But the one day I went and I was, I don't love the ocean to begin with. As I mentioned, I get kind of nervous. So I don't go in that deep anyways, but it was a yellow flag and I was only up to like my stomach really, like where my belly button is. And even then it was a yellow flag, but right when we were leaving soon after that, they changed it to a red flag again. Mm. But the waves weren't rough, but you could feel the undertow was so strong. I couldn't walk in unless if the tide was going out, I could had a really hard time walking in. I had to wait for the waves to kind of come and push you back in. So I guess one guy, some kids got stuck in a rip current and a guy tried to save them. And of course, the guy that tried to save them ended up drowning. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Yeah. So, and even my parents are still down there and it's still all red flags. Crazy. The ocean's scary. This is a big bump <laughs> for the ocean. Yeah. I know lots of ocean themes lately. The Titanic submarine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The orcas, the riptides, <laughs> too much. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so I think I mentioned on the last episode, too, that I got um, a camera to watch Peep. I don't know. I don't know if I'd recommend it to anyone who misses their pets because it was good to see when she was just sleeping. Honestly, she slept in her bed most of the time. My other pot was very elusive. I couldn't always see him because it's just my living room, really. But Peep's little bed is in the living room, so I could see whenever she was sleeping in her bed. But then there'd be some times where I'd open and she'd just be sitting there like sad and bored or she was like <laughs> sitting looking at the door one time. Where are you? Like, this is so depressing. Mm. But when I got home yesterday, she was so excited and so snuggly. Oh, that's More cute. snuggly than she's ever been. She's sleeping here next to me, sound asleep. Why did you but leave me? Don't ever leave fun. me again. I know. And then say, we 
I have to go to the car dealership and I was gone and I was like, she probably thinks we're leaving forever again. <laughs> it's crazy how they do that. Like when you leave them for a little bit and then they get so worried, they're like hanging on to you basically, you know, <laughs> even I know like when yes. sometimes when we get our suitcases out, the dog's like, what, where are you going? <laughs> yes. She like laid on me all night. Not that she, she pretty much always lays on me every night all night, but she kept being really snuggly right in my face. So it was cute. <laughs> Very cute. Yeah. So good to be back. Um, what else? You should talk about um the Taylor Swift messages because I think that's really funny. Taylor Swift messages. Oh, oh, the kids. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, yeah, okay. One other kind of big, you know, it shouldn't really be big because it's kind of stupid. But um, thing that happened last week is we managed to get Taylor Swift tickets. It was such. A debacle the whole system like I feel like it maybe wasn't quite as bad as what happened in America but basically we had to um, log on on Wednesday there was a pre-sale I was online all day like literally all day didn't get through once and I was like oh okay you know fair enough so then Friday came and that was the main sale day so logged on somehow by some miracle we got on it, they went on sale at 10 o'clock we got on at 20 past 10 I managed somehow to get four amazing seats I don't even know like no one else I know got tickets it was literally Actually, just a lottery, which I don't even know a better way to do it. But anyway, so <clears throat> we got the tickets. So good. It's in February next year, so it's forever away. Um, my kids are like busting to see Taylor Swift. <laughs> so they we looked up the set list of what songs she played, and Luella is so gutted because her favorite song is our song, and they she apparently doesn't often play that. Someone said she may have played it once. So it's like a, she has a surprise song. She logged on to my Instagram and she's like, hey, Taylor, I'm so excited to see you. If you could play on this date in um, February next year, this song, our song, it's my favourite song and I would just be so excited. <laughs> and she saw that on my Instagram, I'd followed Taylor Swift since 2015. She goes, mum, I really think she's definitely going to see that message. <laughs> Bless a little heart. <laughs> so cute. I would die though if she played it somehow. Oh, my God, imagine, imagine. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure she hasn't seen it. <laughs> but you never know. Maybe she'll get some telepathic vibes. Luella would just pass out. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, something to look forward to anyway. But, yeah, a big a big week, big Taylor week. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going in February. Yeah, I think it's February 26th, I think it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, Monday. Seems like she, so far she had away. originally got – I know. But the thing is, too, it's so weird because that will be almost the end of summer here and we're still kind of in the middle of winter. But um, she's mm-hmm. only doing two cities in Australia, Melbourne and Melbourne in Sydney. Um, so we're going to Sydney, which is good. So, yeah, I'm glad we got tickets, but it was a process, definitely. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. That's that crazy everywhere. Yeah. I feel like it's even getting crazier. Maybe it's just now because it's more on my radar like I haven't really paid attention to it before but now I guess my phone also listens to me because every time I look into Instagram it's just every every Instagram reel is about real is about Taylor Swift so is mine because I talked to mm. you you and Marissa and Kelly and Taylor Swift just always comes up and my so much of my algorithm was Taylor Swift I like Taylor Swift but I'm not like a massive fan where I'm googling her all the time and now our phones will hear us talking about her again now, so we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> we get another week of Taylor Swift reels. Yeah, it seems never-ending, but mm. I don't mind. I, my problem is that then I watch them because their concerts are so cool that I'm like, oh, let me see like what's going on. So then my phone's like, okay, you're into it. 
<laughs> and they will have to do start watching a few more food reels and then it goes back to its usual content. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as podcast info, a lot of people have been asking us about if we're going to talk about the Delphi stuff and the Harmony update. We're right now, unless something major happens, we're going to be doing that one for next week. So that'll be that one. Um, we'll go over some updates with Delphi, Harmony, and some of the Moscow stuff about the death penalty that Brian is going to get. Um, Maybe. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um, this week, we are going to be talking about Hannah Up, which we mentioned last episode. She is another uh, tourist, I guess, not tourist because she kind of lived there at the time, but American woman who went missing abroad. Hers is very mysterious because she actually, this would be the third time that she's gone missing. She has a very rare mental, it is rare, right? Condition. <clears throat> yeah, rare yeah. condition. Yeah. Where she basically forgets who she is and that's how she kind of ends up disappearing she's been missing since 2017 and as of today she still hasn't been found it's very mysterious and we're gonna get into her story today it was a category five hurricane irma a storm unlike any the caribbean paradise of saint thomas had seen before it was in some ways a perfect storm of chaos. If someone's going to vanish from the island without any trace, it could have happened then. And that's exactly what happened. 32-year-old Hannah Up, a beloved teacher at a local Montessori school, had ridden out the storm, only to disappear eight days later. We were supposed to have a staff meeting. Hannah didn't show up. Nobody had seen her. And then I went to her house and she wasn't there, and her car wasn't there. She drove down to Sapphire Beach, which was her favorite beach. Inside the car were all of her uh, personal items. There was no sign of foul play. She simply vanished. What many people didn't know is that this was not the first time Hannah had disappeared. I did not know about her previous disappearances. Almost 10 years before Hannah went missing in New York City, she was found barely alive, floating face down in the New York Harbor. No memory of where she'd been for the past three weeks. Doctors diagnosed her with dissociative fugue. Dissociative fugue means that you have a period where suddenly you've lost your autobiographical memories, the memories that define you as you, but not necessarily other memories. Who are you? This rare disorder is sometimes known name? as the Jason Bourne syndrome. What's your name? I don't know. From the wildly popular movies about a CIA assassin who doesn't know who he is, but remembers his training. So Hannah Up was 32 years old when she vanished in St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands in 2017. And to this day, she is still missing. Hannah's mother is Reverend Barbara Bellis, a United Methodist pastor, and her father, David Up, is also a pastor. Her brother ended up in the Navy, and he was stationed in Japan. Hannah grew up in Oregon around Japanese-American churches. Both of her parents are American, but Barbara taught in Japan and is fluent in Japanese. Another Japanese yeah. one? You just love Japan. <laughs> Every episode is going to be about Japan from now. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah's parents divorced when she was 15, and their divorce was not amicable, and they did not speak following it. She graduated from Pennsylvania's Seven Sisters School in 2007. She then moved to New York City, where she taught at Thurgood Marshall 
volunteered for AIDS organizations, and worked towards her master's degree in education at Pace University. So her family was very religious, if you didn't pick that up from everyone being a pastor and all that. I included like the information about her parents' divorce and things like that because we, when we get into her kind of mental condition, people always well, one of the theories is that it was caused by kind of childhood trauma, so mm-hmm. might be related, which is why, you know, everyone's like, well, why does it matter if they got divorced? That's why we've included it. It may have contributed to what happens to her later. Yeah. Hannah was an avid traveler and had traveled to places such as Ghana and Poland in her younger years. Like we mentioned in our last episode, this is not the first time Hannah has gone missing. She's actually gone missing a handful of times. Um She first went missing in New York City in 2008 when she was 23 years old. Uh, This article is from the Daily News that talks about that, said, Hannah Up was last seen by a friend around 2 p.m. last Friday as she was getting ready to leave her Hamilton Heights apartment for a school function at nearby Thurgood Marshall Academy. She was about to start her second year there teaching Spanish as a New York City teaching fellow. Her friend Anne Huntwork said the thought that she would walk off right before school start just doesn't sound like her. It doesn't sound like she left on her own free will. It's very scary. Hannah last used her debit card that day to go to to go to a movie alone in Times Square and told her friends that she was spending her weekend the weekend at her mother's home in Philadelphia. When she hadn't returned Monday, her roommates began to panic, calls her cell phone went straight to voicemail and calls to her friends turned up more people concerned for her whereabouts. The roommate's worry grew when they went to Hannah's room and found her keys, her phone, her ATM card, her Metro card, wallet, and passport. Her friend Amy Scott said everything that could identify her was in her room. It's usually not a good sign because people need all that stuff to function out in the world. Well, especially in New York, you definitely need your Metro card and mm-hmm. your you know, ATM. Maybe you, know, you could probably not worry about the passport, but you'd need those two things at least. And your keys, your phone. Hmm. Sure, you could get around without them, but... So Hannah was spotted at the Apple store in Midtown Manhattan, and her mother identified her by CCTV. And two days after that sighting, she was seen at a Soho Starbucks. There's a really comprehensive article by The New Yorker, so that's where this following information comes from. It says on September 16th, the 20th day that Hannah had been missing, so she was missing for a while, the captain of Staten Island Ferry saw a woman's body bobbing in the water near Robin's Reef, a rocky outcropping with a lighthouse south of the Statue of Liberty. Two deckhands steered a rescue boat towards the body, which was floating face down. One of the men said, I honestly thought she was dead. A deckhand lifted her ankles and the other picked up her shoulders. She took a gasp of air and began crying. When she was taken to the hospital, Hannah was able to tell doctors the name of her mother. Barbara her mother, said that Hannah looked both sunburned and pale, like she'd been pulled behind a boat for three weeks. The first thing she said was, why am I wet? She was treated for hypothermia, dehydration, a severe sunburn on the left side of her body, and her condition rapidly improved. Hannah Up was last seen at her Hamilton Heights apartment last Friday. She became a high-profile missing persons case. She seemed to have vanished into thin air. The NYPD says someone has caught a glimpse of a missing teacher. Ten days later, she pops up at an Apple store of all places. Logging in on her own ID. And security cam footage shows her being approached by a young man who knows her from school, saying, Hannah, aren't you're Hannah, right? Aren't you? Aren't you missing? And she says, no, I'm not Hannah, and walks away. 
So a person who has psychogenic fugue to people on the outside may look completely normal. They're doing things, they're, they know how to do things, they understand the world at large, they don't appear to be distressed, they're just in an altered state. Four friends came to the hospital that afternoon. Manuel Ramirez, her roommate, said, she saw me and smiled and said something like, I hope they release me soon because I have to set up my classroom. She clearly didn't get that three weeks had passed. Hannah told police that her last memory was going for a jog in Riverside Park on the day she vanished. I saw when I was reading some more about this, I think that they said they suspected she'd just been kind of swimming in the Hudson River and then sleeping on the shoreline in places. That's how she got really sunburned on one side, maybe like she was laying on her side. And that she'd just been going in the river and sleeping because she, um, we'll get to it a little more later on, but she really enjoyed swimming and was a good swimmer apparently. Yeah. After that, Hannah, Hannah underwent psychiatric testing, but the doctors couldn't find any neurological condition that would cause her to forget to forget her identity. They concluded that the episode was psychological in nature. And this info about her diagnosis is from that New Yorker article as well. It says, she was given a diagnosis of dissociative fugue, a rare condition at which people lose access to their autobiographical memory and personal identity occasionally adopting a new one and may abruptly embark on a long journey. The state is typically triggered by trauma, often sexual or physical abuse, a combat experience, or exposure to a natural disaster, or by an unbearable internal conflict. A year after her recovery, Hannah left New York and went to live with Barbara at Pendle Hill. Pendle Hill is a Quaker center welcoming all for spirit-led learning, retreat, and community. Their vision, it says, our vision to create peace with justice in the world by transforming lives. So a cult. (laughs) It's like a religious commune, kind of, I guess. Like they live there. Yeah, yeah. Like it still exists. There's a website you can check out. It's P-E-N-D-L-A Hill. Um, But yeah, it sounds like, I feel like Hannah always seemed like she was searching for something like spiritually, um, which maybe led her there, so... Hannah worked in the kitchen and attended daily meetings for worship, a half hour of silence. She dated an intern there named Patrick Rosel. He later told the New Yorker that Hannah gives so much Hannah gives so much to other people that at a certain point there's literally nothing left and she departs from herself. Hannah worked there for three years before taking a job as, as a teaching assistant at a Montessori school for underserved children in Kensington, Maryland. Patrick spoke about the job and Hannah's devotion to it said she flung herself all of her weight into learning Montessori, internalizing Montessori, loving Montessori. So if you're not familiar with what Montessori is, it's the Montessori principle, Maria Montessori's notion of education capable of saving humanity. By protecting the autonomy of children, society would become more loving, peaceful, and unified. Um, I think it's like controversial, isn't it? Yeah, it's alternative. alternative. Yeah, alternative. Like there are Montessori schools here. Um, I feel like it's not as like structured as, for example, a mainstream school. Like you know, mainstream school have the periods and classes per day, whereas Montessori, it's a lot more led by the children. Yeah, um, yeah, that makes sense. On the morning that Hannah was due to take her first class, Barbara got a call from the police. They told her that Hannah's purse, wallet, and cell phone had been found on a footpath in Kensington. They said that Hannah had been seen walking quickly away from the school in the wrong direction. Barbara found out that nobody had talked to Hannah in the 24 hours prior to this incident. 
In the New Yorker article, it said the next day at 10.30 p.m., Barbara received a call from an unknown number. Okay, so Barbara talking about the phone call said all she said was, Mom, Hannah found herself in a dirty creek in a residential area in Wheaton, Maryland. A mile and a half from her school, there was a shopping cart beside her. Barbara's housemate at the time, Jennifer Beer, recalled that Hannah regathered herself instantly. It was sort of like her soul getting sucked back in. Hannah walked to the closest commercial area and borrowed a stranger's phone. She realized that she'd been walking around for more than two days. Two things I find kind of interesting before we go on is that both times so far that she went missing were right before she was meant to start her school. Mm -hmm. Like she was meant to, both days, like it sounds like it was literally right before. And then, yeah, both times she ended up in the water. Mm Mm-hmm. Hannah ended up starting her job, and she remained in Kensington for another year. She was then hired to teach at a Montessori school for preschoolers in St. Thomas and the U.S. Virgin Islands. So when Hannah's mother found out that she was planning to go to the Virgin Islands, she was worried that she may have another kind of fugue episode. The police in Maryland had proposed using a type of ankle bracelet designed for people who are under house arrest as a way to track where Hannah was. But Barbara said she didn't want to pursue it. She refused to be defined by this, and I chose to honor her decision. She said, I had to be clear that I'm not living my daughter's life. She's living it, and she needed to have the freedom to make choices. Good for her, but I would have been like, please put a tracking device on me. (laughs) I know, even like, I guess back then, this, you know, when this happened, this was a few years ago, but even like a smartwatch, you know, Mm -hmm. at least that would be a way. Anyway. Yeah, like location sharing. Yeah. Um, So when Hannah got to St. Thomas, she loved it. A parent of one of her students described her as a modern-day Mary Poppins. The head of the school, Michael Bourne, said that whenever a parent showed up for a tour, we took them to Hannah's classroom. So it seemed like she was doing really well there. All the kids loved her. All the parents loved her. Um, She was really so absorbed by the Montessori theory that she even took a trip to Maria Montessori's grave, which was on the Dutch coast. Hannah believed that her physical health was integral to keep to the upkeep of her mental health and she started doing long ocean swims she could swim to k's up to two miles away that's a long way in the ocean like yeah that's crazy so she seems like she was a very strong swimmer she was always drawn to the water um you know very capable Mm mm-hmm On September 6, 2017, Hurricane Irma hit St. Thomas. Wind gusts during the storm were recorded up to 185 miles per hour. St. Thomas was essentially destroyed by this storm. Suzanne Carlson, who's a reporter at the Virgin Island Daily News, told The New Yorker, I heard a lot of people say, this is it, St. Thomas is over. Hannah texted friends that she was safe, but the island was devastated. She wrote to them, I don't recognize anything. So there's some photos that I'll put on the blog. It's flooded. It's debris everywhere. It's, it's yeah, I, it would be destroyed. I can't even imagine trying to come back from something like this on a small, tiny island. I know. And then like another storm coming too. Yeah. So Manuel, who was Hannah's roommate at the time that she went missing in New York, that he kept in touch with her, he like they had kind of an inside joke into in a 2008 article about her disappearance Hannah had been described as a friendly vegetarian who constantly experimented with new dishes so as a way of keeping touch with her they had kind of a code word after that storm Manuel texted her friendly vegetarian and Hannah wrote back I like to try new dishes that was kind of their code for yeah I'm fine that's cute yes yeah if she was having an episode she probably wouldn't know the response I'm guessing yeah 
So after the storm, Hannah went to the home of Joe Spolino, who was her ex-boyfriend, to check on him. She found that basically everything was gone. All his belongings were gone. He was gone. He had raced to a marina to get on a Mercy ship, which were ships that were basically getting people off the island. Hurricane Maria was another Category 5 storm, and that was scheduled to hit St. Thomas two weeks after Hurricane Irma. Hannah drove to the marina to say goodbye to Joe, and after she left there, she never used her phone again. Her colleague, Norma Bollinger, asked her the following day to help prepare the school for the next hurricane by taking pictures off the wall. Norma said she responded to everything I asked with, yes, Norma, yes, Norma, yes, Norma, which wasn't normally her tone of voice with me. Hannah was not a yes sort of person. If you asked her to do something, she would want to know why. So it sounds like she was kind of slipping back into that, you know, mindset at that time, Mm -hmm. a bit robotic, a bit, yep, yep, Norma, yep, yep. Yeah. Hannah's three roommates told her that night that they were going to leave the island before Hurricane Maria hit. Hannah told them, I'm staying. This is where my heart is. School is going to be the first step towards normality for these kids. The next morning, Hannah told her roommates that she was going to the school to get ready for the storm and they watched her get in her car, but she never arrived. The following day, she also missed a faculty meeting. So this is again right before school. Yeah, yep, kind of third time again. right before school. Um, one of Hannah's friends, Maggie Guzman, started looking for her. They went to Sapphire Beach where Hannah liked to snorkel. On a stool there, they found Hannah's sundress, her sandals, and her car keys. Workers from a nearby bar said that they'd found all the belongings in the sand when they were cleaning up after the storm. So I guess that kind of indicates that Hannah just threw them on the sand, you know, and maybe was going for a swim would be, I guess, the inference here. Mm-hmm. Hannah's car was in the parking lot. Inside were her purse, wallet, passport, and cell phone. So Hannah's friends started searching for her by boat. They also checked her name on a list of people who had left the island. She wasn't on any of the lists. After three days of searching, they had to call off the search for Hannah due to the approaching Hurricane Maria. After the storm, an EMT named Jacob Bradley returned, resumed the search. He went around the entire island in a rescue boat. He also canvassed the airport, the homeless shelters, the beaches and the hospitals, and he interviewed captains who had come in and out of the island's marinas. He went to the morgue and looked at 10 unclaimed bodies. None of them were Hannah. So Barbara did arrive in St. Thomas to look for Hannah on November 21, 2017. I've read a lot about her search. Um, Like there was theories that maybe Hannah had become involved in drugs. They went to kind of crack houses or drug dens to look for her. Um, Barbara stayed there for months, I believe, but never, ever found any trace of Hannah. It's been almost two years since anyone's seen Hannah. Her mother has become a fixture on St. Thomas. She thinks it's possible that Hannah is still alive and is suffering from another fugue. There are documented cases of fugue states lasting as long as four years. Yeah, and that that helps me to keep on going. It's never been an option to give up. And hopes the answer to where her daughter is can be found here. Do you think you'll ever know for sure, Barbara, what happened? I can only tell you that that hope is persistent and many people join me in that hope. I wonder if as an adult the dad's still like in her life because there's no mention of him really. Mm. I feel like he is off doing his 
missions. Preaching in, yeah, mission and missions and preaching in overseas countries. But yeah, he, as far as I've read, you know, it could just be very well that they've just interviewed Hannah's mother about it and maybe he is involved, but it mm. does seem like her mother is the more vocal one about the disappearance. Yeah. So that is kind of it in terms of Hannah's disappearance. In terms of theories about what happened to her, Hannah's friends developed a kind of range of theories about what might have happened to her, all of which they acknowledged were probably unlikely. But then they said her survival in New York hadn't been really likely either. One friend from St. Thomas said there are pockets of communities in the bush and she could be living there. Others thought that Hannah, who could speak Spanish, may have gotten on a boat to Puerto Rico or Miami or somewhere like that without an ID and had now integrated herself into a community of displaced people um, because she may not remember who she is. Someone said, even if she doesn't have a grip on her past, she's still Hannah and she's probably doing what she can be of what she can do to be of service to the people around her. Even if she's not aware that she's herself, she's a very charming person. If someone was inclined to do a good deed, she'd be the kind of person who would persuade someone to do it. Jacob Bradley, who's the EMT who searched for Hannah all around the island, he said, I definitely think she went into the water. What happened when she got in there? That's kind of where the debates start, but the evidence clearly shows she got into the water. Workers at the bar where they ended up finding Hannah's things said that she wasn't acting like herself. They said it seemed pretty clear that she went into a disoriented state and then to go for a swim. He also said the oceans were doing some very abnormal stuff current-wise after Irma. At one point, it was registering almost eight and a half knots, which is pretty substantial for an open water current. Even if you're an Olympic swimmer, that, is, that current is pretty hard to fight and there were three to four foot waves, so it wasn't optimum conditions for swimming. Hmm. Jacob said either she never came out of the water or she intentionally faked her own death. These are the only reasonable explanations at this point, and I don't think the second option is all that likely. So there are still five people missing from St. Thomas after the hurricanes. Hannah is one. The other ones are Sokoto Barber Clenenden has been missing since Hurricane Irma on September 6, 2017. He was panicked from by the storm and he ran from his grandmother's house um, as soon as the weather has calmed and his family haven't seen him since. Scott Paul Hansen and Jennifer Stevens Robinson left on their sailboat headed for St. John on September 19 in an effort to avoid Hurricane Maria. They found their boat near Puerto Rico without a dinghy and the couple haven't been seen or heard from since. The last one is Georgia Ann Murphy, who was last seen on St. Thomas when Hurricane Maria hit. A pastor filed a missing person report for her on December sorry December 14, 2017. So, yeah, that is essentially it for Hannah's disappearance. I also agree with Jacob. I think she went into the water and got into trouble. Yeah. It seems like, you know, she kind of underestimated her ability to face those conditions the swimming conditions at that time, you know, even for the best swimmer, you are still going to get fatigued if you have to swim for miles and miles and miles. Um, I just feel like it was, that is probably the most likely scenario. Yeah. I mean, I've been in North Carolina kind of after the hurricanes or around hurricanes um, or just even big storms. The ocean after a big storm like that is crazy for a long time. So I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if she went into the water. It kind of seems like something she did when she had these dissociative episodes and it always happened around the same time. It seems like school was some sort of trigger and maybe the water comforted her because it seems like she always wound up in the water. So maybe that's what she tried to do to 
comfort herself or maybe subconsciously she knew that kind of woke her up because all the time she was found she was in the water yeah and that was kind of like when she came to but the ocean and the currents were probably really really strong so i wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened and there's really with another storm coming they'll probably never find anything and even like when you just think about all the debris that would have been in the water after the storm, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it would have been horrible conditions. Yeah, I I don't think she's still alive, even though, like they said, it the whole New York thing, she was missing for twenty something days. You kind of at that point wouldn't really expect the best news either, even though it's still not totally out of the question. But I think this time, she's not just out running around somewhere, especially after this long now. I guess the only possible scenario where she would be alive is, as mentioned, that she doesn't know who she is and maybe the storm and the kind of aftermath was just so triggering and so detrimental to her mental health that she somehow did get off the island and really, really doesn't know who she is. I definitely don't think she's still in St. Thomas if she is alive. I feel like she somehow got somewhere else, but I just feel like really probably the most likely scenario is that she passed away in the ocean after it yeah because even if she did go somewhere else with absolutely no identification or anything like that you can only get so far in life you can't open bank accounts you can't really get jobs i guess in other countries maybe you can depending where you are but i feel like it'd be very hard to get by with having no idea who you are and and no like papers essentially you made an interesting comment before we started recording that you'd read that someone commented, maybe this is what happened to Judy Smith, which we did in another episode on her, which she kind of ended up hundreds and hundreds of miles away, deceased and murdered. Um, but mm-hmm. we don't know how she got there, why she was there. It's It seems like for some reason when people have this, because I was reading more about it on Reddit and there was a couple of people who also have had this happen to them. And both of the people's comments that I was reading about, they woke up not like hundreds and hundreds of miles away from home, but substantially far away from like their home and where they belonged. It seems like for some reason this just, when this happens, it makes you want to go, go, go and travel and go far away. Like, like you're not resting, you're just keep going. And people end up in totally different places than they're used to. Yeah. It's very interesting. But I saw a lot of people also asking, has anything come out about some trauma that she's endured endured as a child and no no one's really seen besides her parents divorce which obviously can be very traumatic depending how bad it was there's not a lot of details out about that and i think it's probably pretty obvious that her mom who's kind of more the spokesperson and even her dad or any of her parents i don't think they're going to be out here talking about what personal traumas they faced in their lives um I did also see people were saying, I guess there was a documentary about this where they said that in college, Hannah might have been dating girls and was interested in girls. So being from a religious family, some people speculate that that could have been that inner turmoil. Maybe she was struggling with her sexuality, um, with her parents being very religious. I don't know how they'd feel about that though i've seen that her mom is kind of more progressive but maybe that was just an internal battle with her yeah that's interesting yeah and i'm guessing too like you know obviously there's probably things that have happened in their family that they don't want public so we actually don't know what could have maybe been a trigger for hannah 
Um, yeah, it's just interesting. Every time started with school and ended in the water. And, and it's at the same time every year. Like not obviously not the exact same date, but around the same time every single year mm-hmm. or every, every year that it happened. Yeah. Just makes you wonder what it could mean. It's kind of interesting um, when you look up other people who have got the same condition, the disassociative fugue. Apparently Adam Duritz, who's from the Counting Crows, he suffers from it. Um, as apparently does Roseanne Barr. I feel like a lot of people might interchange the disassociative fugue with um, multiple personalities and like an identity disorder. Roseanne Barr, for example, she apparently has seven personalities and she switches between somebody and nobody. And like I guess in a way Hannah would have done that if, if at the time she wasn't herself and had no memory. I don't know what her other kind of identity would be you know in the time of that when she was in the Hudson River yeah um it's interesting and they say one of the most kind of well-known cases of a fugue was Ansel Bourne which is who the Jason Bourne books and movie franchise is you know takes after named after so it is it's a very interesting condition um yeah so disassociative fugue is if you want to look it up and read more about the condition that Hannah seems to have been suffering from. And it seems like there's no way to, mm, what's the word, notice it or have doctors saying that will flag it medically before it happens besides it just happening. And then people are like, oh, you probably have this. Like there's no, nothing in your brain really it seems that they know that would yeah. flag it. Because they said that they did. Did all the testing. Yeah. And nothing came up weird. Yeah. I do really recommend the New Yorker article too. It's called How a Young Woman Lost Her Identity. It's very, very, very comprehensive. It goes into a lot of details about the fugue state, lots of details. Like it's almost a novel. I absolutely recommend it if you want to learn more about this case. And there is some sort of documentary. I don't know off the top of my head. I saw people talking about it on Reddit. I'm sure if you just search her name documentary, it'll come up. But I'll look and see if I can find it. Oh, yeah. So there's one called Vanished in Paradise. About yeah, Hannah. that was it. Yeah, Vanished in Paradise, the untold story. It looks like it's on A&E TV, so mm. you should probably watch that. So that kind of wraps up the episodes about these Americans missing abroad. I did find some stats about um, basically people and what happens to them when they are traveling, which I thought were interesting. Estimated 74 to 80% of deaths abroad are from natural causes, mostly heart problems. 18 to 24% are from accidents such as road accidents. 2% are from infectious diseases. And in terms of the um, average non-natural deaths abroad, 27% are vehicle-related, 19% homicide, 12% suicide, 13% drowning, 14% other accident, 7% undetermined, 3% air accident, 2% terrorist, 2% drug-related, which I actually thought that would be higher for drug-related. Yeah, right. And 1% maritime. There's an average deaths per year of US citizens who are out of the country of 808 per year. Hmm. I did like, and a lot of people messaged me saying, because last year we did the vacation nightmares. I always think those are so fascinating. I don't know what it is about them, but I guess to me it's like the juxtaposition of something that's meant vacation. to be happy and yeah. fun, and yeah. And, and we did talk about the time like, of your life and those save episodes, up and you're so excited for it. <sighs> A lot of it is probably alcohol related, whereas people let their guard down, they drink mm-hmm. more. Sometimes that don't know the area as well, the people as yeah. well usually. 
Yeah, yeah, true. I could probably have a whole spinoff podcast of just vacation <laughs> nightmare type <laughs> stories. I love them, which mm. sounds horrible. I just don't, I don't love them. I just think they're so interesting. Yeah, it is fascinating to me. And even like over the years, there's been cases that I've followed of people who are still missing. Like there's one guy, Ryan Chambers, who is an Australian who went missing in India, I think over 20 years ago, and he's still missing. But I guess in countries like that, just the search, especially 20 years ago, wouldn't have been comprehensive. You know, it would be much easier to fall through the cracks. And a lot of times the story, there's always something obscure, something strange. It's hardly ever straightforward there's always like a weird twist where the the toxic alcohol and things like that it's always something weird yeah it's um yeah and it's just crazy how quickly something can happen even to a very experienced like in patty's case for example a very experienced traveler um it just takes one slip of the foot or one wrong decision you know that's it well and people who are bad people i think target tourists as well because they're out of their element kind of yeah they know so. that they're probably a little bit more vulnerable a yeah a little more, more trusting confused. than maybe should be yeah mm-hmm. yeah so maybe we'll have to do one of those this summer well my summer <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if you have any good ones send them my way let us know um, but yeah, we'd love to know what you guys think. Maybe I'll make a poll for this one and I'll make a poll for Patty too. And I put it out, see what everyone thinks about these. Yeah. That would be interesting to know. All right. Well, that is it for this one. I mean, if there is some sort of update for whatever reason, I'll add in a clip or an update. Um, but kind of seems unlikely, unfortunately, <laughs> but we'll have a blog on this case. Like we do with every episode if you want to see pictures and more learn clips. more about it clips sources all that at truecrimesocietyblog.com follow us on instagram where we're always posting current stuff and updates at true crime society my personal account is stephsum underscore olivia's is tcs olivia if you want to see what we're up to and if you are listening on Spotify or really any podcast platform, make sure you're following us, subscribe, whatever the little button is, whatever term it is on that platform. Please do it because it's a big help to us, especially in the summer where numbers are a little bit down. It's a big help to us. And if you guys could share the podcast, tell your friends about it, share it to your Instagram, all those things, you know, all the, all the good stuff. So stay safe out there, everyone. Thank you for listening. Peace out. Peace out.